This edition of Major Spoilers Weekend After Hours is brought to you by Matthew Cursus. <laughs> and yes, he does. Loudly sometimes. This one goes out to you. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. Podcast. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. Hope you're all doing well on this fine Saturday, or whenever you're listening. Hello, future people! Never gets old, Rodrigo. Mm. Hello, future past. It certainly does not. (laughs) Neither does air quotes. That's obviously a new definition of the word now. And Matthew's uh, ever popular and ever famous... Uh, what is it that always sends him off to the Phantom Zone or the Fifth Dimension? (laughs) Oh, Mr. Matthew (laughs) Spitalik. Yes. One of the things. One of the things. Oh, we haven't done that in forever. I don't say that anymore. I'm trying really hard not to say that. It's one of the things that I'm doing on a regular basis. Ah, Matthew Spitalik. Uh, so this week we've got three topics that we want to cover. Uh, I don't know how you guys want to go about the room on this first topic. Uh, we've talked before about our favorite movies, our favorite movies from the eighties. I've mm-hmm. talked about a lot of my favorite movies come from a specific time period, certain year range. Right. And we try to put some meaning into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of wanting to visit because I think that pop culture has an influence on us. Oh, definitely. But I'm wondering if there is in our, like, for example, our favorite movies, uh, our most influential movies, mm-hmm. If there's some kind of theme to that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go around and I'm just going to kind of rattle off uh, my five most influential movies. And we'll go around real quickly and kind of mm-hmm. uh, have you guys also talk about your five most influential movies. And then we can kind of discuss, I guess, their meaning or their impact or, or uh, uh, the theme behind all of them. For me, it's not too hard. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as influential movies goes, there's Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the point when I said, hey, I want to do this. Buckaroo Banzai, I just thought, was a wild, crazy adventure. Back to the Future, we've talked about numerous times. Star Wars Episode Four mm-hmm. and Karate Kid are all these movies that I find influential to me in some way, shape, or, f- or, or form. And I'm sure people who have listening to this show uh, for long periods of time are probably going back to our top ten favorite this and favorite that and going, wait, wait, before you said this. Uh, it's, you know, probably some things evolve, but whenever someone says influential movies, these are the five that immediately pop into my head. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, do you have some influential movies or movies that have influenced your life? I do. And it's it's funny because you, you pitched this and I was like, so um, we're supposed to find a, a common thread. And I was like, okay, what movies do I like? I like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Mm-hmm. I like The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. Is Keanu Reeves the common thread <laughs> of all the movies I like? <laughs> that can't be a good thing. Whoa. But I love Point Break. And no, Speed. I, I, and, I, really, uh, I really don't, okay. actually. Uh, it's actually not that bad. Okay. Um, What's so, your thought process, though? Um, what do you think about Constantine? Oh, I didn't think Constantine was very good. Um, it's it's there not Keanu Reeves. Um, 
let's see, it's probably Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, The Matrix, Princess Mononoke, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and An American Werewolf in London are probably the, you know, if I had to narrow it down to five right now that, that I think actually have. Mm-hmm. And, and really what these movies do is establish rules. For oh, me, okay, okay. like, and so that- they are—they are a good guideline where I say how much is this movie not necessarily like Princess Mononoke in plot or anything like that, but mm-hmm. in tone, in pacing, mm-hmm. in in how big it is, essentially. Okay, like Princess Mononoke is gigantic, right? You know, everything is huge, everything is vibrant, everything mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? creating a, a a big epic movie is it as big as princess mononoke no then it's probably not big enough mm, okay you know all right um so, so those are your five right uh matthew what are your five movies that have influenced your life besides well, i'm i bet i know well, one of them i think i misunderstood what you were asking because when you said it most influential movies i didn't necessarily think just influential on me oh okay i started thinking about what movies do i like that i feel are really really influential so i started looking at things like psycho mm-hmm. i love the construction of that film i love just what it does and what it says. And it's one of those movies that I've see, I see maybe every 10 or 12 years. First time I saw it, I was 10 watching all night live on channel right. 41. Right. You know, and I think that that movie is probably the first movie that I really enjoyed. That's in that whole slasher genre, mm-hmm. because I, I, I kind of consider myself an occasional connoisseur of slasher movies in that sometimes much like a big ass cheeseburger from McDonald's, you just go and you have one and you're done with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, for me, a really, really influential movie was uh, Head, the Monkees yeah. film from 1968. That's what I was going to point and as your I, number one most influential movie. Oh, uh, absolutely. I quote that thing incessantly. And what's really fascinating about the movie is what it says and what it does. I actually had a, a nerd out moment at work the other day that wasn't my usual brand of nerd. One of the 23-year-olds who work for me made a remark about the monkeys. And I stood up. I said, oh, Mr. Lawson, you have no idea. And I proceeded to explain to him five things he didn't understand about why the monkeys are responsible for every song he loves. Uh And when he was done with that, he's like, oh, so you like them? (laughs) I'm like, you think? But yeah. I think that Head really takes what the monkeys were, that prefab pop group, deconstructs it and throws it together and makes just this really wonderful viewing experience, especially if you're if you've had a couple of sandwiches um, (laughs) as you go. Yeah. Um, Heavy metal, of course, is one that I always reference because even though I'm embarrassed by the boobies and the sexism and, you know, the, the, the rock out with your cock out part of it. Right. Literally. In it some really instances. is. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. It's a fascinating movie to look at uh-huh. the way it's put together and the way the segments interact and trying to figure out, you know, that thread through it with the Loch Nahr and how it doesn't quite hold together. Mm-hmm. And you get to the end and there's that scene where they blow up the house and they clearly didn't have time to animate it. So it's an actual model house being blown up. And the fact that half the characters are John Candy. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw, I, I, I think I saw Who's Harry Crumb the other day on cable, and I'm like, you know, I kind of wanted to be John Candy. I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I but I really, you wanted to be, did, uh, I, I really wanted to be. I always thought you wanted to be Belushi, but. 
I couldn't pull Belushi off. There's too much self-loathing in Belushi. Uh My brand of psycho is, look at me, look at me, I'm so awesome. Tell me I'm awesome, please. (laughs) And Belushi's is, look at me, I know I'm awesome, and F you for thinking I'm not when Uh. nobody but him is thinking he's not. Yeah. Plus, I I couldn't afford that kind of drugs. Okay. But I think Uh, that... Fourth fourth influential movie. Influential movie is actually a series. Okay. Uh, the HBO uh, George Carlin specials from 75 to 99 or 2001. Uh-huh. I watched those when I was way too young. My mom had HBO in the 70s. Uh, she uh, lived about 30 miles away from where I lived. So on the, in the summers, I would go to mom's house and I would watch HBO and I would see these Carlin specials. And oh my God. God, you you have no idea how much. Well, you probably do. You listen to me talk. Yes. How much formative effect that had on the way I looked at the world, the way I addressed the world, and the language that I used to process it, and how impressive that language and important that language was. Hmm. Okay. And then, of course, number five, 1969 Disney classic, The Love Bug. Okay. Um. <laughs> And I I don't know why this is one that sticks with me so much, but in The Love Bug, it's a very simple story of Annette Funicello, only she's not Annette Funicello. She's played <laughs> by uh, Michelle Lee right. and a guy who's probably a grown-up Kurt Russell and how they're brought together by this animated you know, German death car. And there's never an explanation of – what the deal with the car is, except for Buddy Hackett going, yeah, man, the Hindus say everything has its own internal life, man. That's it. And then for two hours, we watch this Volkswagen drive around and be alive. And we, you know, we appreciate that and we love that. And I think that it explains, you know, it helps to explain how if something is a strong enough premise, you can just hand wave it and people will buy in. You know, you don't have to spend like the the 1995 remake with uh, Bruce uh, Will not Bruce Willis Campbell the chin Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell goes into an explanation of how Herbie was created. No, this was before that. Oh, okay. How Herbie was actually created by Nazi scientists. Yeah, and I'm like, you don't need that. He doesn't need an origin. This character doesn't. All you need to know is rocketed from the dead planet Krypton. All you need to know is parents shot dead in an alley. All you need to know is his name is Starbuck and he's not a girl. You know, that's the some of those premises you don't need to overexamine. Right. You don't need to, you know, deconstruct. All you need to know is uncle's dead. With great power comes great responsibility. All right, so now the tough part of this. Mm-hmm. Here's the influential movies. Mm-hmm. Now, is there an overall theme to these? Is there something that you can find that ties these together? And, you know, when I look at these movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, um, likes to have some wry comments, is at the heart a... Um, Teacher, an archaeologist, someone interested in, in history. Buckaroo Banzai, bit of a comedy, but at the core, a, a hardcore scientist mm-hmm. who likes to have fun. Back to the Future, time travel, uh, has to follow these rules of, of science and, uh, and, and this crazy mad scientist who creates this time machine. Star Wars, uh, taking some, a little bit of religion, but a lot of 
sci-fi science mm. and throwing it together. And then we have Karate Kid, which I think is the the odd man out in here. Mm-hmm. But the thing that seems to weave in and out of all these movies to me, at least in some way, the way I put it together, is science. Hmm. Some kind of either uh, history, um, archaeology, the science behind that, the uh, buckaroo bonsai, you know, other dimension kind of things, and the and really kind of the wonders that uh, science can bring to your life. Maybe you could think Mr. Miyagi's mystical science of karate. Interesting. Is is that. Yeah. Now, it goes a little bit a little bit weirder for me when I started thinking about that because when I was going to college, there were two ways that my college life could have gone. Could have gone the way it's gone, mm-hmm. media studies, film, video editing, all that kind of stuff. Or what I originally was thinking, physics. Mm-hmm. Become a physics major, science, all this stuff. So it's kind of weird that maybe by watching all of these films, it gave me the choice of, well, there's always science and look at how much fun these science guys are having. Right. Or, hey, maybe you can make movies like this someday. So that's how I kind of tie that theme together. Does mm-hmm. that make sense or does that not It, does that it, not it sound makes sense, correct? but I read a different theme into your movies. Okay. Here's here's the theme that I, I see, and I actually see it as kind 80s, of this... 80s, 80s, you're an old guy, 80s, 80s, 80s. Yep, I actually see it as this uh, ongoing kind of continuum thing. You have Karate Kid, then Star Wars, uh-huh. then probably Back to the Future... Well, probably Karate Kid, Back to the Future, Star Wars, Booker, or Raiders of the Lost Heart, Buckaroo Banzai. Mm-hmm. This is the progression of the Renaissance man. Oh, okay. You have a young man who doesn't know crap, mm-hmm. and then basically starts learn starts to learn mysticism and well not mysticism but you know right. this, this foreign art right from a, a foreigner mm-hmm. um you know and back to the future it's a young man who first comes in contact with science and eventually basically you know through his mishaps masters time travel mm-hmm. then um star wars mastering religion right then raiders of the lost ark ma- mastering history and then buckaroo Ban- bonsai buckaroo bonsai is to a ridiculous extent, the complete Renaissance man. Yeah, he's he a rock star time and space. Yes. He knows he's everything. a rock star. Yeah, he's a scientist. He's a doctor. He's a he's everything. Yes, I like your answer better. Um, <laughs> no, that's real interesting. No, that that really yeah. is interesting. I like that. So there's that from beginning to end. It's it's you going from a you know a a, a child, but also somebody who has not had a lot of contact with the outside <laughs> world. The, mm-hmm. the the child from Karate Kid, mm-hmm. all the way to. This person who knows everything mm. and does everything and can mm-hmm. do anything that he wants. And mm-hmm. not only that, but is also better than everyone else at it. Mm. Okay. Matthew, do you have an interpretation? Uh, actually, I think Rodrigo's interpretation is spot on brilliant. And cool. I think that the best part about it is that it allows you to feel super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I did. I wish I did. Rodrigo, explain your uh, explain yours, and then I'll interpret what I think of yours. Or maybe, oh. or do you want to do it the other way? You want me to tell you what I think your theme is, and then you tell me, or, uh, or what? Either way works for me. Um, you know, my the way I saw it when you're mm-hmm. rattling them off, um, Bill and Ted. There are certain rules that they have to follow in order to go through time. Uh, you talked Matrix. There are certain rules to making the Matrix work. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you have on there? Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. Um, to an extent, there's a there's a rule to the way nature is supposed to work, and that's mm-hmm. why you have the little TikTok admin and the and the giant elk and all that stuff. Uh, what else did you have? Oh, in there? brother, where art thou? Oh, brother, where art thou? 
that might be the harder. Well, no, I mean, there's rules. There's the societal rules of uh, in order for him to feel like he's a man, mm. uh, he has to have this treasure right. so he can prove to his his wife that he's uh, got the bona fides mm-hmm. and is worthy of her. Uh, and then your fifth one was American Werewolf in London. <sighs> yeah, you gotta, you know, you only become a werewolf by night, die by the silver bullet. I, mine is all about yours. It has to be rules and structure, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of how you you kind of live your life. You have to have a, a structure to your life in order for, for things to fit uh, and make sense for you. Interesting. Is that uh, close or not? Uh, well, it's not my read of it. Okay, but it, it's valid. Certainly on on the outside of my brain. Sure, sure. I, I can I can totally see that probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um my read of it is that all of these were all of these movies feature two worlds. Mm. There is the the horror, the the stupidly mundane world of San Dimas, California. Right. right. And time travel and in this case, you know, dimensional travel and, and just all the ludicrousness that happens. Um in the Matrix, obviously, real world matrix. Um and then the flip of the real world is the Matrix. <laughs> um Princess Mononoke there is what the humans are doing and what the uh spirits are doing. Right. Um in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, there's kind of like that whole the 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 times they're a changing kind of thing right you have these prisoners who are kind of holdouts from an older era Mm -hmm. and it's that transition into the new integrated world that 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 finally redeems them right um and then in american world in london obviously it's just this very mundane Mm -hmm. thing going on just kids backpacking across europe and then the supernatural gets involved there's this whole other world that they had no idea of um and and perhaps more importantly, and and with only really the exception of American Rule of in London, and even then you could argue it is that there's these two worlds, but neither one of them is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at the Matrix, and it's like, well, the Matrix is a bad thing because it's right. enslaving humans, but you're also super awesome when you're in the Matrix, right? right, right. So it's that that trade of you know, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? There's the old values, the new values, but. The guys that straddle them have all these great adventures throughout them. Mm-hmm. And how does that then flip back into your into your life? That theme um, of the two worlds. Well, I think you know, in a sense, I'm from a different country. Mm-hmm. I moved to the United States. Mm-hmm. There's that other world. You know, I, when I go to work, I don't talk about role playing games. But right, right. I go home and I uh, get my magic decks together and. Uh, Call Rob and Brian and and tell them that they better be there on Sunday. <laughs> um, you know that to to a certain degree, I keep my my personal life and my work life very yeah, separate. Very separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I even keep my certain groups of friends from other certain groups of friends completely separate and don't feel any sort of need to introduce them to each other or anything right, like right, that. Right. So I like that separation of uh, church and awesome. Uh, in in my life, so that that might be a read of it. But also, I think to a certain degree is that you know I do live a kind kind of mundane life, and to mm-hmm. a certain degree, with all the stuff that my family supposedly does, uh, with the universal subconscious, mm-hmm. I I have that door there waiting for me that I haven't decided to cross yet, but seems interesting. Cool, very cool, Matthew. Um, Hi there. You know, yours is all about. You know, when you when you think about uh, heavy metal and you think about head, um, you've got a lot of 
musical influence, right? Mm-hmm. And as we've heard, just yeah. listen to the intro of a, a billion of these shows. We're up to what episode five thousand and sixty-two right now, I think. Five thousand and twenty-seven, uh, I think. You know, music plays a big part in how Matthew. Wait, no, we rebooted. This is issue one. Um, then you hear George Carlin, and you hear, um, you know, even to an extent, Psycho. Uh, it's all about the 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 timing, right? Mm-hmm. The beat. Uh, and so to me, and, and if you think about Matthew and if you've ever met Matthew in real life, uh, he is all about the natural rhythm and the beat mm-hmm. that kind of goes through everything. So that's how I see these movies as his influence and kind of influences his bouncy ways, his fluffy bouncy ways. <laughs> Rodrigo, you want to interpret, interpret Matthew's uh That's, that's Stephen's way of calling me fat. <laughs> oh, no, you're fluffy. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, think, I get um, that. I, I think Matthew in general, always operates on on two levels. There's, mm-hmm. there's the literal thing that he's saying, and there's what he means. And usually what he means is hilarious, and what he's saying is just straightforward, and that's, right, what, right. You know, that, that's what you get out of it. And, you know, uh, George Carlin sometimes Im- implicitly and sometimes explicitly just breaks that apart, mm-hmm. you know. But cock is in the Bible, Right. Kind of stuff. Right. You know, <laughs> head is all about altered states. Heavy metal is all about altered states. Mm-hmm. It's about these two things going on that really shouldn't be going on at the same time. Um, and what else were we talking about? Uh, George Carlin, George Carlin and, and cheese. Yes, cheese. Cheese? Right. Uh, the love bug. Don't the forget love the love bug. Oh, yeah. the love bug. Well, there's, there's another one for you. It's a Volkswagen Beetle and also the, like... The the literal manifestation of love conquers all mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a very reliable car, right? And also an 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 empirical ideal of of humanity. Okay. Um, that that might be a bit of a stretch, but I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Matthew, reveal your true there answer, you please. I don't know. You don't know. I. Uh, it's it's is there a I think that theme? the one thing that the one thing that you can look into is the importance of the language and to some degree the the vocal technique if you look at heavy metal you know the fact that half those people are john candy i think you're right i think that you know the rhythm and the language is important but then there's also the fact that everything has has that multiple level. There's more than just one thing going on. So even if you take it back to, say, I don't know, for me, if you break it down, what is the first thing, the first thing that I remember ever, possibly ever, being an influence? And I'm going to tell you probably Speed Racer cartoons. Mm. Oh, it is speed. What shall we do? We will drive fast because animation is inexpensive. Oh. I think that you guys both have a thing, but for me... My my thought process is not why do I do particular things. It's more like how do I do this and not go to jail? <laughs> or more importantly, you know, if I'm going to say things or do things or be this particular person, I want to make sure that A, everybody is is on board. I don't ever want to actually overtly offend anybody unless it's funny. But then I also want to make sure that if if there's a joke that only 10 people get, 
Yeah. You guys remember the moment where we where somebody wrote into a critical hit and they were like, I just realized 57 issues in that Torque's name is a joke about the monkeys. Right. Yep, right. And I'm like, ha. And you you remember how self-satisfied and what a jackass I was about that? Because <laughs> ha, that joke entertained the one person that it should have. That joke grenade did exactly what it should have been. I think that there's a delayed effect with well, all of these particular films in that you get your moment of fridge logic, you know, six months mm-hmm. later, you're like, wait a minute. Why did Buddy Hackett drink so much in that love bug movie? And again, you know, it kind of falls apart at the end. Plus, I like to curse. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. This show right. is brought to you by Matthew Curses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There you go. Uh so there's there's something that you now know a little bit more about us and the way we think and the way we tie things together and what influences us. Rodrigo, you have a topic this week. Indeed. I do. Spell it out for us. I forgot what it was, though. Aliens! Oh, yeah, aliens. Okay, so... <laughs> I've seen them! They come down and they give us some chiclets! Um, Me and my cousin Elwood was standing by the road! And uh, so recently, I've been watching the first season of Third Rock from the Sun. Right. Um, great sitcom from the 90s. Yes. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about Third Rock from the Sun. I was thinking about My Favorite Martian. Mm-hmm. I was thinking even about, um, say, the, 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 um, what uh, the Martian Manhunter and Hawk Girl represent to the Justice League in the JLU, for example. Right. All of these guys are aliens, you know, all the, like, half the cast from Futurama. All of these guys are aliens, but what are they trying to get at with this representation of aliens? Just kind of aliens in the media outside of the whole, like, right, right, right. Um, alien abduction kind of stuff. Well, but, um, so in the case of Martian Manhunter, he's somebody that this world is really foreign to him. Right. These ways are foreign to me. So therefore I can approach these in a, in a very different way than what m- these people around me might consider normal or a mm-hmm. normal way to do it. So I come off as rather odd, right? Right. Um, so when we look at Futurama and that's the one that strikes me the most is here's a world that's mostly populated by aliens and mm-hmm. everything seems normal to them, yet it's Fry, the Earthling, who's the actual alien because he's been transplanted into this different time period. And so everything he does right. comes off as odd or strange or not the norm. Same way with My Favorite Martian. Um, you know, E.T. is the same way when you look mm-hmm. at that little alien running around. You know, his ways are totally different. Uh, learning how to uh, say the ABCs speak English by getting drunk and watching Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, don't we wish we all learned the, to speak English that way? Yeah, so Maybe, Rodrigo, you've come to America from another country. Is I that did. how you learned how to speak yep, English? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I told you, I learned all my English from sitcoms, which is why, you know, when I first moved here, I was like, did I do that? How rude. Hey, hey, hey I'm hey. coming for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I think his sitcoms are considerably younger than our sitcoms, though, too. Oh, yeah, yep. that's right. Uh, so you're really looking at aliens from the comedy standpoint? Is that what you're... Partially, it's, it it's just uh, really it's kind of aliens as a device. Like mm-hmm. for example, the the big this this carried Third Rock 
from the sun for like five yeah, seasons. A bunch of seasons, yeah. Maybe like seven seasons. These but aliens have just gotten to Earth, if, and mm-hmm. they're experiencing, they're adults, right. and they're experiencing everything for the first time. The first time somebody dumps them, the first time somebody, you know, the first time they see a TV, the first time they get cable, the first time they eat popcorn, you know, all of this stuff, and it's their observations of, well, this is completely ridiculous and illogical. Yeah, yeah. Why do people do this? But isn't that kind of the point of having mm-hmm. the alien character like Alf or or like Fry? That it's well, a safe way if you to look at the, comment on society? Yeah. The aliens that we're discussing are, don't even really have to be aliens. I mean, the same is true for Perfect Strangers. If you yeah, look at so Bronson Pinchot as I was Falky. just going to say that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very ridiculous. But it's, it's exactly the same premise. It's that that outside party pointing out the ridiculousness that we see from day to day. And it, if you really take it and break it down, to some degree, that shows up in many sitcoms, many movies. There's always that one fish-out-of-water character, that person who isn't quite on board. Mm-hmm. And if you look at even the Justice League, the Justice League is weird because classic Justice League of America doesn't have a whole lot of characterization to it. Right. But if you look at the core seven Justice League members, you're looking at an alien, an mm-hmm. alien, mm-hmm. A, a, a golem who was made by her mother on an island where there are no men, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who grew up as a king in a completely different world, underwater, breathing an entirely different medium, uh, the kid from the Midwest with super speed, or if you're old school, the guy from the Midwest with super <laughs> speed, uh, the, the, the giant swinging dick who also happens to be a literal alien presence in that he is empowered by aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take it and you look at that, there should be a lot more fish out of water, but it breaks down to really the flash, the normal one being the weird one there. Yeah. You know, it, it, it allows him to, since the others are so other, it allows him, and this was really uh, the Grant Morrison JLA with Wally and Kyle Rayner too, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are most normal to us, our point of view characters are the ones who are really out of the loop. So is that why then, um, let me ask you, is this why the um, Ollie and Hal on the road series worked because Mm -hmm. here you have somebody who's quote unquote, so out of touch with reality that it takes this guy who supposedly knows what's going on. They took a literal alien with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. They also took a Ganthet or whatever his name. Appa Ali Apsa was, or I don't, I think it was Appa Ali Apsa. Okay. An actual Owen went with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they took that Owen and they, they walked across America and they dealt with, you know, really difficult. There's the one issue where they have the guy crucified, a very Christ-like pose on the cover. And it turns out that I think the interior story is about, you know, union busting. Mm-hmm. But they have this this overt Jesus metaphor that we were looking at the issue this weekend, Dion and I, and he's like, they would never be able to print this today. And I'm like, that's exactly why they were able to do it 50 years ago. They could mm-hmm. probably print it in Wisconsin. They could. If you look at, um, they, you guys ever watch Woody Allen movies? Busting unions, essentially. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you look at uh, Sleeper. 
Sleeper is exactly the one where the, again, the character that we identify most with is the one who's in that alien society. And Mm -hmm. other people look at it and they're like, bananas or, um, God, what is it? The David Bowie film where they, no labyrinth. It's we're not on Woody Allen. Oh, okay. No, David Bowie is an alien. The man who fell to earth. Oh yeah. David Bowie as an alien and this is 70s Earth, so it's a weird kind of, you know, quaaludes <laughs> and key parties kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, Dr. Joel Fleischer in mm-hmm. uh, in Canada or wherever he was there. Yeah, yeah, the Alaska. That's another one, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where the character, the character that, and in that case, the character who isn't even the most likable ends up being the one, you know, who looks at the situation. Because Joel's kind of a schmuck. Mm-hmm. He's, he's well, kind and that, what's of, that kind one of a that, jerk, but it's kind of a, what was the one about the Canadian Mountie guy in uh, Minnesota? Was that due north? south? Due south, okay. Due yeah, south, north, due south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way, right? Yeah. So is yeah, almost exactly the same. Thing. Then Rodrigo um, is the only way that you can poke fun at societies by having an outsider. Well, that's certainly one way. Um, you can poke fun at society lots of different ways, but the outsider perspective gives you mm-hmm. an easy in. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that also an easy out then? It kind of is. It Because you can say, oh, it, it, you can go, here's the thing. If you have, like, if you have an insider mm-hmm. get completely ostracized, like, if you have an outsider get completely ostracized from society and then kind of have trouble fitting in, you have third rock from the sun right you know ha 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 but they're mm-hmm. aliens anyway when you have an insider get ostracized from society and have all kinds of problems you have falling down mm, yeah you know true the, the the outsider because the outsider can always leave again you know after you know after krakosia gets uh certified as a country again mm-hmm. um it it gives you that out. It gives you that sigh of relief oh okay society is ridiculous but now i can go back to it mm-hmm. When the insider yeah. is the problem, then you say, oh, society's broken. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And what am I going to do about this? The right, thing right, about right. about Third Rock, Third Rock has an antecedent that you don't notice until you actually break it down. And you look at Third Rock, there are four of them, right? Yeah. There's the, 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 the head of the household. Right, and then there's the the John girl Lithgow. character, and then there's the dim the dim witted young guy, and then there's the really esoteric weird one. Yeah, and just imagine that Dick's name is Jed, and that French Stewart is playing Jethro, right. and you break it down. There's a lot of similarity to the core cast of the Beverly Hillbillies, and the same fish out of water, yep. you know, point at the ridiculousness of it. Is very much there because if you ever watch the Beverly that Hillbillies, so explains the, the rich Kardashians. People, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But backwards, but the rich people, <laughs> the rich people of Beverly Hills are the point of the jokes, right? You know, even though occasionally yeah. you'll have that moment where Jed's like, "Well, we figure this is the billiard room, and that there's a billiard," right? But it's really Mister and Mrs. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Drysdale who get mm-hmm. the brunt of it. And, right. you know, the stupid people who are keeping up appearances and worrying about money and worrying about things that aren't essential, you know, those are the people who get it the worst. So I think that that alien presence is kind of a, a new take on just that fish out of water. Sure. But 
it also gives it that that thing of you can take it completely out and you can do your you know your Rashomon situation where each mm-hmm. of these strange characters can say well this happened no this happened so you know i i think that it's it's a new take on a really really old trope for lack of a better word yeah certainly mm-hmm. can you think of some ways that well i mean obviously you throw it in the horror genre and then aliens take on a different yeah different meaning but in comedy certainly it's the best yeah. way to poke fun at society hmm. it's it's but even in horror the, the alien the alien character does the same thing i think the big example in horror comes in like a, a george romero film where the quote unquote alien presence comes in that horde of zombies that wants to eat you especially if you look at dawn of the dead where the zombies the original one their zombies are drawn right. to the mall Right. Because they remember the mall being important, but they don't really know why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the zombies walking through the mall looking just like shoppers walking through the mall, it kind of takes that, you know, you, you've gotten that alien perspective. The, the human survivors are looking at themselves and they're forced to look at their world and their lives in that weird funhouse mirror. And they're forced to say, hey, you know, are we are we really just mindless eating machines? And then the answer turns out to be yes. And then you stick your head in a, a propeller at the end, and then somebody decides the focus group didn't like it, so they rewrite the end of the movie. But I'm not bitter, mind you. I, I still think that this documentary that Rodrigo and I talked about, about trying to do this summer, and including Matthew in it, I think kind of also, is maybe not necessarily comedy, but it kind of looks at that idea in the same way of here are these people that are outside – of this of this topic, trying to look in and discover something about this topic that brings a different message to it. We're doing a documentary about aliens. No, 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 not well. Yeah, kind of. Somebody will have to go back into the podcast archives, Saturday's edition, especially one that was rather heated when the three of us got into a discussion over whether a certain person should fly or float. Uh, um. Uh, hey, have I mentioned? You were wrong. That major spoilers. No. A completely free podcast. Something that you get to download twice a week, every week, day in and day out, and that we spend countless hours updating a website, a forum, Twitter feeds, podcast feeds. We've even got Critical Hit. All for free. Wow. And, uh, you know, it doesn't come cheap. Uh, somebody just the other day had get, uh, sent me a review that they did of Critical Hit and said, hey, these guys, it's obvious that they pour a ton of heart, energy, and money into making this show sound good and to tell a good story and to do good things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to recognize them for that. Uh, it doesn't come cheap. If you would like to help us out, we do have a donate button. Every do- donation is welcome. No matter how big, no matter how small, it's all appreciated. We but especially thank- if it's big. Especially if it's big. <laughs> we do appreciate that. And uh, we do want to thank people like uh, uh, Matthew Krause, or Curses, I'm sorry. Matthew Curses. Uh, Curses. Uh, Curses foiled again. Donating and keeping uh, this show going. Five bucks. It's not a lot. That had to be great, though, if if he went to, like, a particular, like, a kind of a militant school or something like that, where people would just call each other by last name, and somebody <laughs> walks into the room and goes, Curses! Yes? Or the drill sergeant, yep. Curses! Curses! Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, that donate button, overmakerspoilers.com, right there, make a donation. Someone said, hey, how about a recurring donation button? Yeah, that'll come up fairly soon, I think, for those that want to contribute. Something as small as the price of a comic every week. I would put the challenge that if everybody gave us 
a recurring donation. Every one of our listeners, both here and over at Critical Hit, gave us a recurring donation every month, $5. Oh, man, the things that we could do. Mm-hmm. You guys want us to do things now. Just imagine if we actually had funding to do it. Oh, yeah. Okay, topic number three this weekend comes yes. from Matthew. Matthew, lead us into this yes. discussion. I, we, we were. I was just thinking today about what I was actually sitting in traffic. Yes. And I couldn't go anywhere. And yes. I have this enormous Chrysler. And driving this Chrysler is, is the equivalent of being me walking. It is. It's about to set sail. Wow. But I'm sitting at the at the stoplight and I'm bored. And I realized that my car and my checkbook and my phone are exactly the same color. And then I started thinking about this, that they're the same color as my favorite chair that I use at work. Uh, I don't know if you've ever worked in a call center, but generally we have carousel seating, which yes. means you grab whatever seat you can. And whatever chair you got is the chair you got. And I have fought to have my chair for nearly four years, and it's that same red color. And I started thinking about some of my favorite things in the world, and I thought that would be an interesting just not necessarily comics or pop culture related, but, you know, related to if you just had to pick your five favorite things in the entire world, what would they be and would they all be red? Hmm, interesting. So give us some. Mm-hmm. Ex- so you've given us all your examples: your car, your checkbook, your chair. Yep, I like my chair. I like my. I, I'm going to bet PS3. that you like your new. I'm going to bet that you like your new critical hit T-shirt. <laughs> it's also red. I do like that. But it is you red. People keep word? asking me which one is you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm this one. You mean the lamb with the fangs? Yes, I'm the lamb with the fangs. Have, have you worn it to? Where have you worn it to? To 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 uh, work. I actually, I wore it to work. I wore it all day Sunday. I was going to wear it to uh, the official job, but, it, you know, I'd have to clean it. And oh, okay. we don't have enough red stuff to do a load of red laundry every day. So. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mm. bleed. It doesn't bleed. That is the good thing. So, Matthew, what else are some of your favorite things? I'm curious. Well, if I were to go through the week and I look yes. at the things that get me through the week, um, mm-hmm. diet, Stewart's, oranges and cream soda. I live for this stuff. In fact, my local grocery store, I live right outside of town. Technically, I don't live in Topeka. I live in Pauline. Uh-oh, but there's a little general store. Yeah, there's a little general store called John's. And the manager is a nice lady called Maggie. Maggie is a dear friend because I hang out in the mornings. You know, when I worked at 6 a.m., there'd be nobody there. So I'd hang out and talk to Maggie for a couple minutes. But I, I told her that I really like the diet soda. And she told the Coke guy that he had to stock the Diet Orange Stewart's. So now, to thank her for this and to remind the Coke guy that we need to do this, I buy a Diet Stewart's orange and cream on my way to work nearly every morning. Mm-hmm. My breakfast will change, but I'll grab a bottle of water and a Diet Stewart's. And that stuff is just like, oh, it's good. <laughs> it's the best soda ever. Ever is, I drink it all the time. Does that fall into your like, favorite food category or favorite drink category, or what does that fall into? The bottle is really cool. I like the bottle. It comes in a glass bottle. It's just a thing that I You know, know, if if I were to say a favorite thing as far as foodstuffs go, it has to be a perfectly Mm -hmm. grilled steak. I will go out of my way for a perfectly grilled steak. I mean, I'm not talking about Golden Corral crap because that's like a great D. I mean, oh, somebody asked Rodrigo where they can see your documentary you were talking about beef. Oh, sure. You can go to uh, smokyhillstv.org mm-hmm. and click on Real Ag, 
And I believe the first episode is already up. Okay, excellent. Uh, but, you know, a steak, good, prime. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Mm. It's going to be nope. the best $500 you ever spend on a meal. <laughs> I mean, the, first of all, it's an expensive, it's an expensive meal to, to begin with. But when you add on, you know, the sides, I mean, you, get, you buy the steak and then you buy the sides and they're all a different cost. You can't just say, I want the, the number one platter. Yep. I mean, the, the steak is perfect. You, the potatoes that they make with the garlic and the butter and the whatever else they put in there, perfect. Asparagus, perfect. And then you start on the Grey Goose vodkas, and then you buy for your friend, and then mm-hmm. it's a $500 bill. But it is, oh, some of the best things. Really? I don't uh, think I've ever spent $500 on one meal. Oh, uh, no, I kind of exaggerate. And I'm an enormous fat man. Literally, the last time that I was at a Ruth's Chris with my friend Charlie White, we went to either NAB or CES or something. And I said, Charlie, this one's on me. And it was <laughs> NAB I, or I CES was, or HN. I bet it was about LMLP. a $300 bill. Yeah. Uh, but that, it, I mean, that is good. Not, that, that would make sense. Yeah. But I mean, it is a good steak. So I would say that that is a favorite thing. A steak is always a good good mm-hmm. thing. Rodrigo, do you have a favorite thing? Cool. Doesn't have to be food, but I mean. Well, we're on the topic of food. I think for me, a there there is a, a perfect cheeseburger out there. Oh, yes. Um. And it varies on on what I want at the time. Um, there's of course there's fast food cheeseburgers, but when you get to go to a restaurant, usually an out of the way non chain restaurant, you can find some pretty fantastic uh, cheeseburgers. Um, I can't really think of the the last good che- great cheeseburger I had. Although I think last time I was at a Red Robin, I was very satisfied with that mm-hmm. with that burger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do have good burgers. So. You know, a lot of the time, the first time I go to a new restaurant, I will order their their big ass cheeseburger and yeah. see see how that is. Um, and then after that, I might order it's, something else. I don't mean next time I go. I mean I'll just order more right, food. Right, right. And, no, no, that's interesting because right if like if, if we go to a restaurant, that's the first section I flip to is Do you have a steak? Mm-hmm. And what is yep. the best steak that you guys have? See, and and the thing is, I I I do I really like a good steak, mm-hmm. but I'm still like. In a lot of ways, I'm not, or, or I haven't grown out of being a college student. Right. So yeah. no matter how much money I have, I still think that I can't afford a steak. Yeah. So I never look at the steaks. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. even if I'm like at work and we go get something to eat, I usually won't buy the steak because it's too expensive, even yeah, yeah. though someone else, like the, the company's paying for the meal. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're just being kind. Uh, no, well, I... I you know, I guess I am, but I just don't think of it. I'm just yeah. like, oh, no, steaks are expensive. Yep. I was that way for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you learn to grill yeah. your own yeah. to perfection, it's it's awesome as well. Well, and that's something that, I'm, again, I did that meat documentary. I learned a lot about steak. So you have a bigger appreciation for I steak? I do. I have a bigger appreciation for steak. What would you rather have, like a ground beef hamburger, or would you rather have a ground steak hamburger? I mean, well, there's a difference between you the know, two. If you, can, if you can get, and and well, let me unpack this. <laughs> I like a good hamburger even if it's, you know, just ground beef it's fine. Right. You know, a a ground steak burger of a high quality steak is 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 obviously going to be a lot better, you know, cooked just to where it's evenly mm-hmm. heated, pink. you know, has has an, a nice uh, pinkness to it without just running all over the place right, definitely. Right. Um, that, that is in fact optimal. A lot of people say, well, that's, that's a waste of a steak. Why would you, why would you put it in a burger? Mm -hmm. But I like burgers. I I think that there's something to be said about 
taking a bunch of lobsters and and making them into a, a seafood salad, basically. You right. know, that like that is just a really good salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a really good burger made of you know, like supposedly you can get like Kobe burgers mm-hmm. for like sixty 50, bucks a 60 burger. Bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, it might if if I didn't have to pay for it, I, it might be worth trying, and that would possibly be the one time. If we went to a, a restaurant that served Kobe beef, I would flip to the cheeseburgers and be like, I want this massively expensive <laughs> cheeseburger because I always order the cheapest thing on the menu, but I always order the same thing. Yeah. There, there was a movie years ago uh, about a guy who couldn't read. It was one of these like movie of the week kind of uh-huh. things. He was a truck driver and he never really learned to read past, you know, eighth grade. Right. And every time he'd go into a restaurant... He'd just kind of glance at the menu. Yeah, just bring me your hamburger. Right. And they're like, oh, don't you want to try something else? You're always eating hamburgers. No, hamburgers is right, fine. Right. And then at the very end, it's like, I can't read. Yeah. So I joke about that whenever I order a hamburger. It's like, I can't read. Just give me a hamburger. <laughs> uh, nothing against beef. Uh, but for some reason, probably in the last year or so, anytime I order something where I have the option of beef or, or whatever, I'm always ordering a chicken sandwich. We would mm. go to go to a fast food restaurant, just give me a chicken sandwich. Just, you know, I don't know what that is, but that's I, that's weird. I, I'm 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 worried about the mad cows. That's that's you being old and worried about calories and grease and things. Mm-hmm. No, it's worried about mad cow disease. Yeah. To where someday uh, in the middle of the show, I'm going to just trip out and go moo moo Yeah, just like swine flu. You know. You know what I love off off the topic of food. No, no, go ahead. Because I, I was going to say, there's a million I, listeners right now whose stomachs are grumbling. So um, please switch topics. Uh, yes, too. This is off the topic of food. I, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, call centers are the new Upton Sinclair uh, meat factories yes, of, yeah, of yes, the 21st are. century. Oh, definitely. And there's a, there's a particular thing that happens at our call center every afternoon. There's a gentleman who likes to turn up his base and sit outside the front of the building and wait for his lady friend to go, oh, <laughs> and people are like, we hate him. We hate him. We hate his music. I'm like, I don't hate his music. His music is fine. I hate his hubris. So today I happen to be coming back from lunch at the exact same time that he was out there. <laughs> so I pulled up next to him and I turned up the stereo in my Chrysler LHS. And I want to point this out. This thing has a, a factory stereo that will knock your house in the river. <laughs> and if anybody knows what that's a reference to, I'll give you $5. But I, I pulled up next to him and I put um, a song called The Naked Persimmon that Mike Nesmith sang on a, a live action monkeys episode in 1969. And I cranked up my bass <laughs> and he's sitting there and Mike Nesmith and I play my guitar. So I started to drown him out a little bit and he got mm-hmm. mad and drove away. And I just kind of sat there and I, I was having one of those those. Those moments, have you seen fried green tomatoes where the girl just rams yes. into the little bitch and she's like, yes. I'm old, I have better insurance. I'm like, I'm old, I have a better, better factory installed stereo. <laughs> so I love the stereo in my car. If I'm having a bad day, I can yeah. get in the car and I can roll up the windows and I can turn on generally the oldies channel. But now there's a new Gen X radio <laughs> where they play Spin Doctors, Two Princes every hour on the hour. <laughs> And I'll be like, <laughs> you got X or uh, Little what Miss Can't Be Wrong is another good one. What yeah. do you have? Um, I actually listen to the, the same song. Yeah. You have what, Matthew? I listen to the actual radio. Oh, um, okay. it's Gen X radio. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a new across. I don't know. I, I know that Gen X radio it's kind of a cross is, is around. 
I, I think they're. I yeah, think it's, it's like it's clear a cross between station. like oldies and oh, Jack okay. radio. Okay, like the Jack right. format and the oldies format with a specific kind of a late '80s, early '90s, making you feel old kind of vibe. Sure, sure. Yeah. As as far as material things go, I love my iPod or my mm-hmm. iPad. I mean, I mean that thing is just not a bad. No, really, it's changed the way that I do things. It's the change the way that I read. I mean, seriously, it used to be when I moved to Atlanta, I would spend at least one hour to two hours a month all at one go at the big bookstore. I think it was Gulliver's. I don't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Tattered covers, whatever it was. Somebody from Atlanta who's listening will say, oh, yeah, I remember that bookstore. And you're um, wrong. That's not what it's called. I'm sure called. it's not what it's called. But I would literally spend hours going through all of the books on video, on graphic arts, on, you know, whatever. And I would buy, you know, stacks of books, books that I could never really, if I needed all of that information, just physically couldn't carry around with me. Right. Especially if I was using them for a class. I'd have like 10 books that I would want to use for a class and try to haul them from home to the school or, or back, you know, whatever is impossible. I just bought... The other day, I bought 10 books on a particular subject, and I've got them all in my iPad. I was mentioning in the, in the Wednesday show about how my comics didn't arrive, but thank goodness there were day-and-date releases that I could go in and, and download and read those books mm-hmm. and get some kind of experience out of it so I could participate in this funness that is called New Comic Book Day. Right. Um, I can put on, especially for my son, I can put on... Every Batman, the Brave and the Bold animated series or every Phineas and Ferb, and he can just sit there and be entertained for hours or I can put on learning games for him, Mm -hmm. which he's really into now. I mean, learning how to write letters using the iPad. Um, You know, it's just I used to have a Sony Dash and people who used to listen to Coolness Roundup know that I hate what that device became. My iPad is my Sony Dash replacement. It does everything I need to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I go to sleep at night, it plays me music. It wakes me up in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> it whispers sweet nothings into my ears if I want to listen to the critical hit or the major spoilers podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's 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 become a very interesting part of my life and is something that for people who've been following me online for the last ten years know that I've been bitching and moaning about this magical device that I want that will do everything that I want in a small package like I want. Uh-huh. And this is the device that does that for me right now. So for a material thing, it's the iPad. I that's one of my favorite things that I've ever had. Better than the first time that I bought a stereo, better than my first car, better than some, you know, Blu-ray DVD player. Mm-hmm. It's the iPad. Rodrigo? Um, I I personally, I really, really enjoy Magic the Gathering. Right. Um, And that is really because, sure, it's a game and it's a fun game and it's an interesting game and it's a complex game, but... Primarily, I enjoy it because it allows me to express myself mm-hmm. and then take that expression and beat people over the head with it. Yeah, make Steven cry um, as he's learning to play the game. Yes. You lose again, Steven. Oh, please, Rodrigo. Please, Rodrigo. Just, just give me a chance. I'm giving you every chance I can. <laughs> You're just too dense to learn the game. Yes, you cannot do this. You should play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I have nothing. No! I've never I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh, honestly. But... um. <laughs> It's, you know, somebody was asking me, is, is Magic the Gathering, you know, an intellectual game? And I was like, yeah. And like, is it like playing chess? And I was like, Magic would be like playing chess if you right. got to choose your pieces. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, a front line of pawns and then two of each kind. If you could have a, f- a front line of rooks 
and then a jet fighter and a couple <laughs> dinosaurs in the back, and those pieces could do something else besides what regular chess pieces do. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and it's addictive, too, I mean, for you, right? I mean, you're playing all the time. I'm not playing. You I don't... Won, you Didn't you win a I, tournament the other day? I got fifth place at a, at a tournament out of 15 people. Um, yeah, you're in is, the upper third. It's, yeah. That's good. I mean, top. I'll take top five any time. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it can be pretty difficult, especially because it was a draft tournament, and... Uh, limited decks are, are pretty clunky. You know, you just kind right. of get whatever cards you can out of the pool, oh, and, yeah, yeah. and so then, then you, you build a deck out of that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the the legal limit for a constructed deck is four cards. Here, you're having to make do with one, maybe two copies of a card that, you know, might get you through. Right. Um, so it's 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 a, it, it adds another level to the game, which is not just building your deck, but also picking the right cards to then build your deck to then win. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Although, again, I like that format less because there's less expression in it. I can't be mm-hmm. like, well, I want to do this in this color, but, you know, here I don't have the tools to do it. Right. Matthew, something else that is on your uh, your favorite things list? My list of super awesome? Yes. Yes, my list of super awesome. Since I, I, I can't actually uh, list the Glee porn parody because I haven't seen it. <laughs> Um, I, I really am lately finding a lot of love for my PlayStation 3 because we have a Netflix uh, subscription now that I right. gave up the giant uh, the giant cable package. Right. And I can go on Netflix through my PlayStation, mind you. I can stop playing SmackDown and I can literally immediately go and I can pull up like season four of Sarah likes to watch Babylon 5. I'm not a big fan of Babylon 5 because... I liked it the first time when it was called Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. But I uh yeah, and I know that's a case of don't don't kill me, Babylon uh, say, Five fans. Is a case. Didn't Babylon it's Five parallel development. Space Nine. <laughs> no, it didn't actually. They came out nine oh, okay. simultaneously. Oh, okay. Yeah. But neither here nor there. I can watch these things, or you know, I can say, Hey, here's a disc. I stick the disc in and I can play it. And then my PlayStation can actually access entire websites. Mm-hmm. So if I'm really bored, I can go out and I can go to the internet. I can download stuff for my games. The other day I got really mad. And I was feeling bad about myself about one o'clock in the morning. So I took Mighty King Cobra to the online fighting arena yes. and just beat the bejesus out of some 12 year old with a headset who was calling me, you know, he was calling me every trick in the book. Apparently I'm homosexual. I am Jewish. There's something wrong with my mother and I possibly have sex with her. And I just beat him for about 10 minutes and then I pinned him. And then I realized I had been in a ranked match and I had jumped 300 levels in the ranking because this kid spends all his time online. You can go and play Call of Duty and have people call you a noob tuber. It's a fascinating experience. And then the best part is I can turn it off and they all go away. Yeah. It's like fun in a box, man. It was worth $299. <laughs> well, you know, that sometimes that's money well spent. I mean, like I oh, said, yeah. for the iPad, for me, it is the best money that I've spent in recent times. Better than a new car, better than the house, you know, better than a MacBook Pro, whatever. I mean, it's just a fun device. Better than the kid. I, I've obvious. No, I, I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't say, you know, family is, is an important thing. My immediate family, my wife, my son, the next thing that's coming down the line. Um, you know, those are, those are fun things. You're getting a new coffee um, machine. <laughs> I am. And I don't even drink coffee and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> but you know, to be quite honest, and I, I, I can I, start I, drinking coffee. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I would be, it would also be wrong for me to say, or not include in this list of my favorite things is the complete major spoilers experience. Mm-hmm. I love doing the website every day. It's something that I think about almost nonstop. I love doing the podcast each week with you guys. I love doing critical. Everything about the critical hit or the major spoilers experience is top notch to me. And I got a direct message the other day from rock and roll nurse who says, anyone who spends any time reading the site or listening to the, to the podcast can see that your heart is really into this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're right. I, I, I want this to succeed. I want it to be a big success. And, and I just am having incredible fun doing it. It's one of my few favorite things that I look forward to each and every day. Me too. Agreed. <laughs> um, well, yeah. And, and this, the other night it was what, two in the morning. And I'm like, I better write something before I go to bed. And it ended up being a really quick, really fun experience putting together this review. It wasn't literally two in the morning, but it was late for me and it was later than I should have been up. Right. But I knew a, I wanted to have some content for the site that day. And I knew B, you know, there's something, there were people who were waiting for something cool to read. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though, you know, yeah, know, I, I didn't necessarily, obviously is not generating any of that stuff. Yeah. Shush. I said something cool. No, no, no. you did. You know what I mean? No, no, you know I what know I mean? Exactly what you, you ever go a no, day because where you know what? When the you're robot, like, oh my God, it, I need to write a review, but I can't. No, I, there have been times literally where I look at the Robot Overlord or I look at the uh, press release stuff and I'm like, come on, Robot Overlord. We need something more. I want to add something more. I want mm-hmm. to add in a, mm-hmm. a new top 10 or I need to add in an editorial or I need to add in this something yeah. something different than what every other site is regurgitating and put it in there. But I can't. And that frustrates the hell out of me when I'm doing the podcast or when I'm doing the website or when I'm posting something on the on the on the Twitter, it's just like, I want to add something more, mm. but I'm at this max now. And I'm so glad that we have people like Rodrigo and Rob and Coulter and Larry, uh, um, Larry and Mike and Ringo, Ringo and Matthew. I mean, just everybody that's on Davey. board. I like that they're on board and they're generating content. I know if missing people, Scott, um, George, uh, he hasn't written for a while. What's up with George? I don't know. Um, you know, just all these people just generating content. I like seeing that stuff. And I like Matthew had said, is it a problem that we have like 10 reviews show up on a Saturday? Hell no, it's not bad that we have 10 <laughs> reviews showing up on a Saturday. The fact that we have no <laughs> reviews showing up on Monday is a problem. <laughs> yes. Or that they're not all showing up on Wednesday yeah. and Thursday. That's the that's the, the bigger problem. But no, I mean, it's just, you know, I get frustrated when I sit there. And, and this past week, my son was really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit there and I'm like, okay, how do I need to plan my day? So that I can take care of him, but also make sure that there's content for people to come and visit the site. Mm-hmm. You know, not to derail Indeed. what you were saying, Matthew, but I mean, it's just, I know that feeling. <laughs> not to derail what you're saying, even though I just totally did that. That's all right. No, no, that's, that's cool. what I'm saying. You know, I'm, I'm going to go Charlie Sheen on you. <laughs> I'm going to use you my fire breathing fists. I have fire breathing, fire breathing fists, and I have. The blood of a tiger in my warlock body. That's what I have. Yeah, you know, I was going to say favorite uh, things. You know, I really, I, I don't care. I know, Matthew, you don't care for it. But I really do enjoy Two and a Half Men. And for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and and it's part of it might be because it's, you know, Chuck Lorre uh, doing all the, all the work on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I also like the Big Bang Theory. I also like some of the other things that he, he does. Um, I don't like Mike and Molly that Darn much for some Greg. reason. Darman Greg was you okay. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> no, I said it was okay, but I mean, I, I like Two and a Half Man. I really like it, and I'm saddened to see that it may not 
continue. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a, what, what else is on your favorite things list, Rodrigo? Um, what else is on my favorites list? I really like stuff. No, um, I, like I lots think of <laughs> right now there's really only two shows that I keep up with at all. Mm-hmm. And that's Thirty Rock and Community. Mm-hmm. So I guess the quality shows on NBC would be uh, <laughs> a current quality show and a show from 15 years ago. No, Thirty Rock. Oh, Thirty Rock. I thought you meant that uh, we were talking. We were talking third about rock. Third Rock, yeah, yeah. which which has happened. I think at, <laughs> at one point in some award ceremony, somebody referred to Thirty Rock as Third Rock, <laughs> like as they were announcing it. But yeah. you know, it happens. Yeah, um, Thirty Rock from the Sun. Yes. Oh, Mad Magazine. There's your parody if you haven't already done it. Yep. There you go. Yeah, because that's relevant. <laughs> um, Mad Magazine. Yeah, that's what Mad Magazine does. <laughs> um, hey, it's still being published while others it, are being it, canceled. It sure is. Way to go. Doesn't DC own Mad yeah, Magazine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, 30 Rock is is consistently hilarious while maintaining good characterization and not turning their characters into total schmucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Community is just... Like, the characters are great. All the characters are just so weird and just sh- seem like they shouldn't fit together. But the way that they do, the way that they kind of, like limp towards accepting each other is is really heartwarming and also just consistently hilarious yeah you know chevy chase does a great job joel McHale does a great job you know all of the characters are very strong they don't walk into each other's niches and stuff Mm -hmm. it's just pretty great and it's not and it's not the classic formula of the king of queens and his fat friend or george lopez and his fat friend right. with their hot wife right you know it's there there's more to it yeah kind of like my life right the fat guy exactly. and his hot wife yeah and his fat friend yep <laughs> matthew one last yep. thing one last thing that i enjoy yes some of my favorite things i have to go with probably my new happy dappy glow in the dark android phone I, I'm slowly converting to Stevenism. He's, he's <laughs> no. been mocking me. If you hey, were- oh, I will say when Matthew appeared on Twitter, it blew my mind. Yep. The mighty <laughs> at the mighty King Cobra is Matthew's Twitter feed. He's like, oh, what at, am I supposed to be doing not on the, here? Or just not at mighty the, King Cobra. At mighty King Cobra. Oh, okay, yeah, you got to watch Matthew switched over to Firefox this mighty week King after Cobra. three, four years of. Constant saying, why don't you get off Internet Explorer? I should not have to change browsers to work on the website. doesn't that just go to But show. you know what? <laughs> they finally work out the bugs on Chrome and Matthew <laughs> switches to Firefox. <laughs> he, he, he's reading digital oh, comics. He's like his... Right. I, I'm glad you like your Android phone. One of these days... I, I do, and here's the reason why. This you afternoon, you, mis- you misspelled something. Yes. On the website. And I'm I sure happened to have my Android phone, and I'm like, oh, Wouldn't crap, I better fix that. Boodly, boodly, boodly. And I went boodly, boodly, and I fixed it. It was cool. Plus, you, you know, know, if I get really bored. Right. Yes. You can play Bejeweled. I actually have Angry Birds. Oh, Matthew's got Angry Birds. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Welcome to 2009, Matthew. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but it's actually, you know... It, it's fascinating to me that I can like go on this whole Android market thing and I'm like, what do I want? And they're like, Hey, you want some porn? I'm like, well, yeah, but not on my phone. <laughs> you know, it, 
it, it's weird to me because I remember when computers were big boxes that you couldn't do much more than play Oregon Trail or make low-resolution pictures on. Right, right. Uphill both yeah. ways through 40 feet of snow. I And the the ignition of my car has more computing power than the Apple 2Gs that I grew up with. So yeah. having that phone and being able to access the site being able to watch tv being able to just you know log in and listen to a radio station hoping to god i have unlimited downloads you know all of that is just absolutely awesome to me somebody recently said on the site that i'm an old guy just railing against change and that's true but once i uh, actually embrace something two years after the rest of the world does i'm usually like you know this is pretty awesome and i'm glad i have it and five years down the line, when you guys have moved on to the next thing and you're all you've got your, you know, your pair pads or whatever you've got, I'll still have this damn Android phone. I'm like, I don't think I should have to upgrade and get a seven foot pair pad and a jack in the back of my neck. And eventually I will. And by that time, you guys will all have like cyber penises or some such. You know, it's fascinating, Matthew. You know, I know the computers existed before you and I came along, uh, but I think our yeah. generation has really seen the greatest technological changes as far as electronics go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we made the transition from black and white TV to satellite HD, right? We've made this yep. transition of where we literally had a computer the size of a suitcase get transformed to a computer the size of a handheld device. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've which, seen, which handheld device that wasn't even a concept back then. Well, they, they would think handheld device yeah. was something that was in the back of the magazine called Ladies Massager, <laughs> right? Easy one of those neck Actually, pains. At that point in time, it was referred to as a cure for hysteria <laughs> because you're old. <laughs> See, tilting of the womb is a real problem, and it causes a disbalancing of the humors in the body. <laughs> uh you think I'm making this stuff up, folks? I'm no, talking real turn-of-the-century medicine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's true right there. In fact, some, there are some doctors who are getting in trouble today because they still practice those quote-unquote old ways. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, but my, not my for last doctor thing, purposes, just because it's fun. <laughs> my last favorite thing has got to be you two because it is so great to have you guys a part of this. And I'm, it really is. It is a highlight I love, of the week I say. loved the Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree changed <laughs> no. my life. I'm talking about Matthew and Rodrigo. It is. It really is something that I look forward to every week to be able to sit down and listen to Matthew and talk with Matthew and Rodrigo and have conversations like this because it's fun. It's like you're my friends and I enjoy having you in the house, uh, even if it's virtually. <laughs> it's like that. Um, it is. It is very much a part of my life, and I just in, am glad that you guys are are a, a part of this and that we can share these experiences together because it's wonderful and it's Man. something that I really wouldn't want to give up. Uh, Rodrigo's heard my off off show rants where I'm like, okay, if this happens to Rodrigo, then here's how we <laughs> here's how we still make sure that everything works. Or here's if this how happens we keep to Matthew, together, yep. here's how we keep keep things together. Because I want to keep it together. I want this to, you know, uh, the other day I had a realistic notion going, do I still want to be doing this when I'm 65? Where is my end game? Where's my out on this? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know what? If people will still accept a 65 year old guy talking about comics and pop culture stuff and giving a, are you kids today <laughs> don't know what the heck you're talking about? You don't well, remember Matthew. what it was like. He talks like he's 65. Exactly. Exactly. Hey. Then, yeah, there is no in hey. on this one. So. <laughs> Shut your hole. <laughs> Cállate you tu boca. 
You guys fall into my favorite things category. Last item for you, Rodrigo. Last item for me is, well, I can't top. Like, oh, I love you guys, man. <laughs> now, the last item for me is actually role-playing you. games. And yeah. honestly, there was, there's a, like, my my mom, you know, God bless her soul, has always tried to get me well, on a path like that I will. Die. That That's sad. No, it's okay. We're Catholic. Um, <laughs> okay. The uh, she's always tried to get me on a path towards what I want to do and what I will enjoy, and 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 it's it's just never worked out because I'm pretty uh, deadpan about everything, right? You know, like I work in video production, but it's really only because I'm good at it, right? Um, not not necessarily because I have a real passion for it, but I I really enjoy role play games, and I've always thought to myself. If there is one thing that I would want to do for a living is mm-hmm. run a role playing game. Yeah. You know, if, if I could if I could do this, if I could be a game master for a living, that would be awesome. And uh, you know, major spoilers, critical hit may be the closest thing to that that I that I could, you know, reasonably get to other than running things at cons, which just sounds horrible. <laughs> well, you know, I said earlier in the show if if uh, everybody yep. gave every one of our listeners on both Critical Hit podcast and this podcast gave $5 a month. $5, the cost of essentially one comic book. Well, depending on which company you work for, but essentially the cost of one comic book. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, your dream could come true. One we could have count. every week, we could have critical hit that we do. Not sitting around on some weekend where we try to cram six episodes into one, one, not one day only, a month. Not only that, I, I have it in me to run two games at once. We I just I just don't have the time. Of, we could have a whole series of... There could be critical hit and its younger sister... You know, regular success. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've talked to Rodrigo. I mean, uh, Rodrigo doesn't like my idea, but man, we could have podcasts every day of the week. Oh no, I don't mind the podcast every day of the week. It's just the the, the, oh, the yeah, specifics yeah, yeah. of of what podcast you want to oh, you want to have every be, week. Oh, we can, yeah. just wait until they all play out and. Oh, I'd- Wait till hey, you see what we do with the uh, website. Wait till you see you, all the things that I've got lined up. Going back to third to uh, third rock, you are the big giant head. So <laughs> you do your thing, and I will salute you weirdly and just follow along. <laughs> all right, thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, will Matthew, you for coming up with Shatner? a good topic. Yes. <laughs> well, this ends this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this show, and be sure to visit majorspoilers.com. My hair pieces falling out of place <laughs> there's something on the wing <laughs> there's something on the wing we're all gonna crash and die uh, and i never Lock- learned to oh. read oh heather locklear i love you oh. so much <laughs> oh maybe i should play us out with uh uh what's his um greatest song that he's done uh i packed not, my bag last night no oh, uh, free common, people. common people oh my god Zero. i love that song Hour. Nah, if you guys yeah. have not heard and Common I'm People by be. William Shatner, <sighs> download it today. It is the best <laughs> song ever. The, the original song is uh, also really good. Yes, it is. But, but Shatner's version, I think, is is so much better. And if you haven't heard the, what is it, uh, what is that album, Washed Up? No. Has Been? Has Been. Washed Up Has Been. Yeah. If you haven't heard that album, it is a fantastic album. I know people joke about Shatner and he's just playing it up for himself. But Man, there is some real there's some real meaning behind some of those songs as he's singing them. Uh, check it out. But uh, until what next time Wednesday, a few days from now, yes, when we talk about Elmer. Here's hoping all your dice rolls are critical hits. No, that's not right. Uh, here's hoping all your comic book. We know you love cheese and oh, we know that you no. love comics and we do too. 
We will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011